This week's episode of the Heel Turn Collective Podcast is brought to you by our newest sponsor for the show, the Hold Fast Coffee Company. Hold Fast is based in Colorado Springs, and they have a variety of coffee flavors, including beans from Honduras. What? Costa Rica. What? Guatemala. What? And a slew of other places from around the globe. And right now, if you go visit holdfastcoffeeco.com and use the promo code HEELTURN20, you'll receive 20% off any of your coffee purchases. So make sure the next time you're looking for a coffee brand, go check out Hold Fast Coffee Company, and let's get to this week's episode. You are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. Welcome on in. It's episode number 15 here on the Heel Turn Collective Podcast. It's brought to you by the Hold Fast Coffee Company. Make sure you go to holdfastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code HEELTURN20 for 20% off your entire order today. Mm-hmm. And with that, I bring in my esteemed co-host once again, Shane Douglas Riley. What's going on, Shane? Uh, absolutely nothing. Um, I have two quick thoughts to start off the show. One, um, I don't know if I'm ever going to be a minivan person. Um, mm-hmm. Chris and I were driving down the road and I saw a minivan. I was just like, that's just a vile chunk of metal. Um, mm-hmm. Probably never drive one. And two, we have a little bit of a celebration today. Um, we, we do have a little bit of a celebration. Do. I do Lance, your PlayStation lives again. I got to say, so uh, there's a lot of facets to this, um, but you're right. My PlayStation lives again. We're going to go way in depth on this this week on Word Up or Bird Up. So I don't want to, I don't want to really, the cat's out of the bag though. Lance's PlayStation resurrected like the Undertaker. Yes, it is. (laughs) Like the Undertaker rising from the graves after he'd just been buried alive. My PlayStation is back functioning. I took it up, took it to some shady company. They charged me $86 and then they hit me with some IT jargon and then told me I wasn't turning it on right. So bravo. That company just calling me an asshole, essentially. Uh, big, big ups. How, how many ways are there to turn on a PlayStation? Well, I mean, you would you would figure it's only the power button. You know, you would figure that would be there's kind two. Of, there's the controller, and then there's the button touch thing on the yeah. front of the. I I got to be completely honest with you, Shane. I'm on a PlayStation now, PS4 for about you know the lifespan of it. I've had yeah. it for pretty much the whole time, about eight years. Just realized there's a power button on the front, maybe six months. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Because, dude, I just turn it on with the controller. That's and what I, I do, yeah. Right. There's yeah, no. I mean, I... Also, the, the dumbest thing ever on, on the front of those, whenever you do the like, have you had to do the manual um, eject the uh, CD thing on it yet? Yeah, so the bottom button. Christ, my, my daughter just watches Frozen all the time, and I have to keep ejecting the ejecting the disc so yes I, I know what you're saying i keep um i've just now you know the old pavlov's dogs i finally learned from my mistakes but um mm. i used to have to like when i was trying to do that i would accidentally hit that little power button and it would turn on halfway through my little surgery operation i was in the middle of so mm. finally learned that whenever i'm doing that gotta pop the the little like power thing off in the back but but oh yeah you're so you're back on the saddle baby that's sick um uh, hey, look! I've been I've been grinding Tony Hawk for two days now. The full game comes out on Friday. I've been I'm a jamming on the warehouse demo right now. My high score I just said it before I sat down here three hundred fifty seven thousand. Your boy's back in the saddle. 
<laughs> I do have actually on on the PlayStation Four note here. I do have a quick a quick review. I so we, I'm on record here. I'm the Madden Twenty was the first Madden that I have not bought new mm-hmm. since probably 2005, 2006, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I was like, EA's lazy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend sixty dollars for another roster update. We're not doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I recently got Madden Twenty One. Um, Damn shared from Jordan. No, I bought it. Um, I bought it. I bought it fair and square. Um, <laughs> everyone knows it. PlayStation, if you're listening, I bought wow. it. Um, mm. I did game share it. Don't tell anyone. Um, but uh, um, but honestly, I th- it's a step in the right direction. I think. Um, I know the reviews haven't been graded, but I think the. Uh... Sorry, good. I think I'm more stunned that you actually figure out how to game share. I think I'm more stunned by I... that. Dude, it looked like, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the old, like, futuristic, like, sci-fi things where it's, like, them, like, hacking the mainframe of a spaceship. It was kind of like that. I, I, you know, I had, I had my IT guy, uh, Jordan Japan Dukes on the other line here walking me through it, but I definitely hacked in there and I'm playing some Madden now. But, uh, um, the art is really, really cool. I think Face of the Franchise is actually done really, really well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty stoked on this Madden. Uh, well... Look, uh, I haven't I haven't been excited about a Madden since Madden 04 because your boy Mike Vick was on the cover. Very excited about that one. And uh, people but, will never wait, people who talk about like the Lamar Jackson cheat code will never understand how much of a cheat code Mike Vick was in 2004. Uh, yeah, I remember me and a buddy bought it late at night and we played it and we played for hours and that's it. I mean, that's good. Like, yeah. What else is there to say, you know? But but I am back in the PlayStation saddle, so hit me up, reclaim underscore rebuild, uh, and then it should be the other way around. It's funny. I just realized that's an opposite order than what it's supposed to be. It's supposed what, what to be rebuild, that? reclaim, but what'd you say, Shane? Where, where'd you pull that from? Like, what where is what is your PlayStation name from? Uh, Seth Rollins, when he first came back, was uh, rebuild, reclaim, conquer. I don't fucking oh. know something stupid like that. And you know, skinny penis isn't allowed on, on PlayStation, so unfortunately, <laughs> I had to do something PG. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, this is the heel turn collective. Yeah, podcast. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there we go. This is the heel turn collective podcast, and boy, do we got a show for you. This show, I'm just going to give you a heads up right off the top. Not conservative friendly. If you're a conservative that listens, we appreciate your views. But the liberal side of me and Shane are going to come out for most of this episode. So, um, it's going to be a good you, time. Yeah. Uh, if you feel like um, you're being if you're being held down because you're a, a Republican or whatever, I'm just telling you now, it's good. it's a mostly political show. So just buckle up. That's all I got to say. Me and Shane don't give a shit about politics, but there's a lot that went on over the last week that, that we just got to dive into, man. We just mm-hmm. got to, you know, we just got to talk about it because right now uh, I think it's an important time in our lifetime. And, and it's so much is going on right now that I feel like you just can't ignore it anymore. Yep. And there's such a divide and rift in this country. And we're going to try to fill it in mm-hmm. here on the heel turn collective podcast. Also, Talking about a record number, I believe it's five, isn't it? Yep. Record it number five. five from Slipknot, point five, the gray chapter. First record without Joey. First record without Paul Gray, R.I.P. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to get into that. Uh, spoiler alert, probably not as as glowing a review as the latest couple of records, but you know we'll, we'll get into that in due time. We're going to talk about a whole bunch more, plus the heel of the week. But it might surprise you a little bit. Maybe not the heel of the week. Maybe a double face of the week. What says you? We're going to have to see. We're gonna, you're going you're gonna to have to listen to the whole thing to find out. Absolutely. So without being, with that being said, let's just get this rocking and rolling. Let's talk some shit and get our asses whipped. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Right off the top, it's Slipknot, album number five, point five, the gray chapter. Like I mentioned 10 seconds ago, mm-hmm. first record without Joey. First record without Paul Gray after he his untimely passing in 2010. Mm-hmm. That's probably why there was a about a six year gap between All Hope Is Gone and this record. This one comes out that October. Gap was that big? Yeah, oh yeah, Holy, oh yeah. That, I never even realized that. Holy cow! Like, <laughs> yeah, All Hope Is Gone came out in 2008. This record released October 19, 2014. Obviously, when you're going through big member changes like that, you're going to have a little bit of a gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Jordanson leaving was a huge deal when it first happened. Yeah. I know Shane Shane has, has made it clear on this show, has made it clear. He's not he's not the biggest Joey fan, but but he's all right with uh, he's all right with what Joey had contributed to the band. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not that I don't hate. This isn't like a Travis Barker thing. Like Joey is fundamentally a good drummer. I don't think that he's the best drummer Slipknot has, though. That's what I, that's all my thought process is. Wait a minute, like while I was in the band or right now? Oh, right now. I'm geez, like I'm not going to compare him to Clown. Geez, are you serious? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the thing the thing that kind of took everybody by surprise with Joey leaving is like we still don't know what happened. It was sloppy. Uh, it was messy. It, it, it just we still don't know. Mm-hmm. He just kind of left. But he was fired, but nobody really knows. You hear conflicting reports, but who fucking knows what's real? Yeah. You know, you hear, well, this guy was a drug addict. And I'm not trying to throw shade at Joey Johnson. Mm-hmm. I actually, I really like his drumming. But, like, you hear he was a drug addict, but then you hear he had some health issues. You know, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's, like, the conspiracy theory that uh, negative one is about him. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, kind of weird yeah. you know uh also on this record donnie Steele plays bass who originally played guitar in the band which is kind of a piece of trivia i didn't know uh hmm. until about until i was researching I that awesome. researching the record that's that's kind of fun uh there was a lot of singles from this record obviously shane mentioned the mm-hmm. negative one uh that was probably the biggest one and it got nominated for a grammy so i mean as much shit as I'm about to give this record, you know, it had some, it had some all right songs on it. I think the devil and I was cool. Um, mm-hmm. Kill pop. I thought was kind of an underrated tune on this yep. one. Uh, and then obviously the negative one, uh, Shane, before we kind of do a deep dive, what is your initial thought on point five, the gray chapter, just from a 2000 mile I, point? I like the production of the record. Um, the thing with me is it should have been, I think that it should have been a, it should have been an EP um, or an EP or like a shorter thing where it's like, cause the, I think the good stuff on the record is great. Like it's awesome, but the low stuff is like, whoo, like almost like kind of unforgivable. Um, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I get some of the stuff and- on it was, was good for like, you know, the memorial piece of, you know, of for Paul and stuff like that. But there's some things that are just like, this straight up just isn't up to the slipknot standard, I don't think. Um, yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, what but a lot I, of people don't. 
Yeah, well, Paul Gray wrote a lot of Paul Gray wrote a lot of Slipknot's mm-hmm. earlier records. That's what people don't understand. Yeah, is now not only are you trying to replace Paul Gray, you're already trying to replace Joey Jordanson, but you're also trying to replace the main songwriter in the band, mm-hmm. which. That's three massive hills to overcome. Yeah, um, huge hills. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So it's like when you think about that and you kind of break it down at that level. Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a drop off. Yeah. Okay. We're big fans of Iowa. We're big fans of Volume Three. But those guys were heavily involved in both of those records. Mm-hmm. Even all hope is gone. You know, yeah. while that wasn't their best record, I still feel like it was better than this one. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I kind of agree with you. I feel like if this CD was like six songs, it'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it's like 15. Uh, let me get the exact <laughs> There's 14 songs on here. I mean, come on. How many times have I listened to songs other than the singles on here? Not very often. Yeah. I can tell you that right now. Because, yeah, for, um, me, for me, I think I will say this is one of my favorite intros with like the super like chimey, like kind of like all over the place thing. Um, yeah. And then. I think Sarcastrophe is a great opener. Um, yeah, it, it's Sarcastrophe, which I don't love that name either, to be honest with you. I think it's, it kind of sounds a little cheesy, but... Um, I think, so, like, song titles that have, like, that are impossible to fucking say. What's the point? What's the <laughs> point, you know? Goddamn, son. Um, but yeah, this kind of has... It has a little bit of the, um, the POD satellite syndrome. Where I think the the good stuff is at the beginning of the record, and then it just kind of hits the halfway point and just drops off, like <laughs> falls off a yep. proverbial mountain, if you Cause, will. Because I even like AOV. I like the Devil and I. Like like you said, I, I like Kill Pop, and then you get the skeptic, and it's just like, eh. like <laughs> well, that's it. It's like a yep. fart in the wind got up and disappeared like a fart in the wind, you know. To yep. quote Shawshank Redemption, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you're right. Like, the first half of this record isn't bad. Like, the, the mm. first time I heard The Devil and I, I was like, all right, this is a Slipknot tune. Yep. Like, that's, you know, that's about what you could take away from it. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Unlike, unlike you, though, I actually don't like the production on this record very mm. much. I feel like it's too... You said it last week uh, when it came to All Hope is Gone that it was too produced. It was too Pro Toolsy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is kind of up there, too. Like, it just, it feels, I don't know. It just feels different for me. Obviously, you have a record like Iowa, which will never be top production-wise. Never, never be fucking top. Like, the way the way that it's just put together is just a fucking slaughterhouse, you know? <laughs> and, you're, and you're not going to get that again. You're, like, you're not going to catch that magic again. You're just yep. not going to do it. Yep. Uh, but, but here, I mean, <clears throat> what surprised me when I read it, when I was doing a little research about the record, what surprised me is, there's two songs on this record that got nominated for Grammys for two years in a row. The negative oh. one was in 14, and Custer was in 15. Really? Yeah, Custer. And that song is very, very average. It's very fine. It's very a uh, song. Like- yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, look, um, you can't be too harsh on the record because, again, all the things they went through and things like mm-hmm. that, but at the same time, uh, I'm also I, not going to just give it a pass, you know? I was literally going to say that too, where it's like, I recognize this as fundamentally, it's probably my, it's, it's my least favorite Slipknot record. Um, but I understand that it needed to happen so that the next record could happen. You yeah, know what I mean? Which is, 
Yeah, which is We Are Not Your Kind, which really is a return to form for Slipknot, if yeah. you ask me. Well, and we don't, I don't want to get into that one just yet because that's going to be like that's going to be a really good conversation for sure next week. But yeah, um, yeah. I know but, what you're saying. But Lance I, and I, whenever on release day, whenever whenever it came out, we both listened to it and we both had a lot of all capital letter text messaging back and forth out of excitement. Yeah. So it's going to be a good time talking about that one. I, I do believe so. But uh, but I mean. Point five, like it, it, it serves its purpose. You can tell there's different songwriters. Actually, funny, uh, I bring up songwriters because I told you right before we went on the air. I don't think Mick Thompson wrote one song on this record, not one. I, which Shane finds hard to believe. I literally don't believe that. I like just from hearing like how I they, because on one of the autobiography things I watched with them, they were like. They they said this about like this was a how how did clown word it? He said that this was, um, essentially, you don't get to write your first record again a lot. So that like within the band, like there's a lot of excitement, like they're super super stoked about this record, and you know obviously they should because there was a lot of um healing, I'm sure, like a lot of grieving, like and stuff like that. I find it hard to believe that your main songwriter, like obviously isn't a part of this record anymore uh, because of a tragedy. I find it hard to believe that one of your most prominent musicians in the band didn't touch anything on the record. There's no way. Yeah. There's literally well, no way. It's well, well, it's funny because I don't know if this just means like lyric or whatever, but actually on the record, it says Corey Taylor wrote every song and Shane actually brought up. It. it might just be like a, an LLC thing. Like it just, he just gets credit. Uh, no matter what, like he just mm-hmm. gets songwriting credit, which when you're at a band of this size, believe it or not, songwriting credits matter. Yeah, like those thing. matter. Like, like, I don't know why, but like, I mean, if we always have this Metallica discussion, but Jason Newstead was only credited with writing three songs in the entire catalog. And I think you get paid differently. Mm-hmm. I think yep. you get paid more if you're like the primary songwriter or something. Yep. I think you probably Cause, get, cause you can, t- you can like, we actually kind of figured this out because we, um, like we have signed, like we are now like technically Tiger Wine is an LLC. Um, so we had to figure out like what cuts and stuff like that will be like from like songwriting credits and stuff like that. So yeah, it's literally exactly how that works. Well, that's pretty wild. It's almost like a commission or I guess, I guess theoretically, if you would ever quit the band, you could take that song with you. Like you can no longer play True. that song if you're the main songwriter. You which, know what I mean? Which that's always kind of got me. Like whenever you'll get a kick out of this, I don't know if you remember the cornerstone we went to in like 2011, where Life and Death played. Like a uh, Brian. Brian or, oh yeah, head. I'll never forget us like w- like waking up to them playing like Christianized Corn like song. System yeah. of a Down songs like Corn song. Dude, corn song. That's used, what I mean. Sorry. Yeah. Um, he used to play guitar and corn, dude. So it's like he's playing like blind and shit. And I was like, now wait just a cotton picking minute here. <laughs> now wait a minute here. You know what I mean? Like, this ain't right. You know, yeah. this is a fucking blind Christian version, you know? But, um, so funny. I don't know, man. But, but I mean, great point five for me, the great chapter doesn't really, um, it doesn't really move. I mean, the critics gave it. You know, pretty positive reviews. Again, you got you when you try to look at it with like a when you try to look at it with like a uh, criticizing eye, it's hard because mm-hmm. of what surrounded the record and things yep. like that. But uh, I mean, it's artsy. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. 
but it might be a little too artsy for your yeah. boy, you know? Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, a little too out there for sure. Like it doesn't really have as many as the tip of the typical, like slipknot bangers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you would, if you would talk to like, I love when bands kind of step outside the box, but mm-hmm. this is the equivalent of like Kenny Chesney playing fucking, uh, corn songs, you know, <laughs> this is like the, the equivalent. Well, that's a little too fucking out outside the box, bro. Yeah. Um, this is uh this did debut at number one though had a, sold one hundred thirty two thousand copies in its first week, which goddamn son two thousand fourteen fathom that which also kind of like I can't fathom that number but also I feel like and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this but two thousand fourteen you said one hundred thirty one thousand copies in the first thirty two thousand yeah that feels low yeah well I mean two thousand fourteen look I mean we, the digital age had already started now well, Spotify was taking shit over yeah. Yeah, it wasn't Spotify wasn't as big. We had as Pandora it is now. on the show back then. <laughs> yeah, well, ass trapped how awesome Pandora is. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so like Spotify and and all the streaming services hadn't quite taken over just yet. Mm-hmm. But Shane, I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. I love music. I love supporting bands wherever I can. I haven't bought a fucking CD in twelve years. It's I haven't true. bought a physical CD in a long time, bro. It's true. I like. I'm a huge fan of physical copy stuff. Um, but it's definitely, I mean, gosh, like, and I'm just as guilty of it too, where it's like, you just can't beat the, the, the convenience of Spotify, which sucks because like, it's, I, the way I think about it is obviously the Spotify split, like the, the artist to, to Spotify cut. If I can, if I can, let me just stop you there. Um, I get it, man. That Spotify split sucks. (laughs) I get it. I get it. It's, it's no bueno. Okay. Mm At the same time, making music is not about making money. And I yeah. get it if well, that's, it's your only avenue of That's income. the thing. I've always thought about that too, where it's like, if you wanted money, you're in the wrong industry, dude. Like there's <laughs> like very few bands make a lot of fucking money yeah. unless you're in like fucking Metallica or something. You know? Like people I work with have like asked me about this where it's like, oh like how does you know, because you guys are kind of on like a like larger label, like how does that work like money wise? Like stuff like that. I'm just like honestly, like I just don't really think about the money part of it because there's no point. Like, there's not like, um, yeah. it's not like I'm never going to make enough money to support yeah. myself. And you just need, when you start playing music, you just got to realize that. Yeah. Like you know, I've, I've been a big detractor of people mm-hmm. who just pick up a guitar and start playing and think, Oh man, I can play in a band. I fucking hate that. That oversaturates the yeah. market. A and yep. B, which is a, why we are where at, we are. Yeah. Like, it's just like, yep. this is why, this is why bands don't make money because the yep. market is oversaturated with a bunch of bands. It's kind of like voting. If you think mm-hmm. about it, you have Republican, you have Democrat and you have libertarian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you have the big bands, the medium sized bands, and then the shitty bands that are just siphoning everything from these other bands. So it's like, if you would just let bands that like are good and not some fucking mid major look true, a lot of like, it's hilarious when you're playing a show. It's hilarious because it's like that comparison we make all the time when like Alabama's playing the Virginia automotive. Institute. <laughs> like when a band is so good and the locals are so bad, it almost kills it for you. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, like, I'm sorry to break I, I, like, news, and the thing I've told, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. No, the thing that, that I've thought about too, is like to get to a point where you're making money, money, like actual, like long-term sustainable money, you have to get from a local band who doesn't do any shows. Then you have to become like a local band that does like a couple, like maybe weekend runs or something, and then bridging into a regional band, and then bridging into a larger regional band, 
and then a national band. Like you have the process. So the process probably takes, if we're being realistic, the process of becoming a sex successful band probably takes seven years, six to I seven mean, at years, at least, at least like, and that's, and I think six or seven years is getting to the point where it's like, Oh, I mean, I can make it like, I can pay it. Like I can make a little bit of money off of this. Like, um, yeah. I don't think that you're making like long-term successful money until you're probably like either playing like large scale, like, um, like the step before playing like arenas where it's like, you're playing like large scale, like headliner things is probably yeah. the, the first step where you're actually making like, Oh, I don't have to have another job. Like I, my job can be touring in a band. And, and well, you do have these bands that think, and we don't mean to get off the discussion, but I think this is a discussion to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of bands think, and they don't think in terms of that. They think, oh man, I make a little bit of money here. I can just kind of quit everything that I'm doing. Yep. And it's like, then you end up with like COVID hitting and now you're fucked. Yeah. And now you're fucked. Cause now you're like, well, how the hell am I supposed to make money? Because this is all I did, mm-hmm. you know? And I get it, man. You see bands like the Foo Fighters and people are like, I want to be like that. Well, first of all, the Foo Fighters have been around for about 25 years now. Yep. Dave Grohl played in Nirvana, which is a hell of a step up, man. <laughs> okay. You leap up. Okay. Yeah. He played in fucking Nirvana, who was probably the biggest band in the early 90s. True. I don't think I'm really, you know, yeah. one of the biggest or at bands. Least like, at least one of those like Mount Rushmore bands where it's like, oh, there's, yeah. you know, you may not be the biggest band on earth, but everyone on earth, is, like there's someone in every country that knows what, what your band is. It's weird yeah. because like I always heard the comparison of like how Hulk Hogan transcended wrestling mm-hmm. because he would be like, even if you didn't know anything about wrestling, you'd be like, Oh, that's that thing Hulk Hogan did. Yeah. I, I know what Hulkamania is like, <laughs> yeah, you know that. So like, you know, Oh, I know Kurt Cobain. He's played Nirvana. Like, even if you don't listen mm-hmm. to that type of music, I'm sure it's a conversation to have, but like these people see like, Wow. The Foo Fighters are playing in front of 100,000 people. Yeah, well, Dave Grohl's been doing it for about 35 years now, yep. roughly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I, I just don't understand. Like, And those are career musicians. Those are guys that, look, that's all we do. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything else but write fucking hit after hit after hit. The Foo Fighters are fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so getting back to the Slipknot discussion, it's kind of the same thing, man. Like, it's almost like Slipknot was reinventing themselves a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, not with touring and stuff, because Christ, we, we, I mean, we've talked about it, you know, throughout the last couple of weeks, man. Like this band, when's the last time Slipknot hasn't headlined a show? Got to be fifteen I mean, years, right? Well, they literally said that, like, after was it Iowa? Iowa, the self-titled one of those two records, where it's like we literally stopped he- like supporting after that because no one would take us on tour. Like they're yeah. like, which I think Iowa just turned nineteen like two days ago. That's fucking I wild. Think. Um, getting old, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's getting like old. they they probably haven't done a support tour and okay, let's play it down. Probably seventeen years, probably. Yeah, I mean it's funny because a band like Slipknot, like any non-metal person that would listen to Slipknot, this is like our Kiss. This is True. like our like. You know, oh, the way better band. than Kiss. Six Kiss well, sucks, dude. Okay, hey, Kiss is okay, but um, but yeah, like Slipknot is like our Kiss, our Def Leppard, our Led Zeppelin. Like mm. this is the band that we grew up with, you know, and, and so are one of them anyway. But but you listen to stuff like that, and you're just like Jesus Christ, man! Like 
what is going on here? And, and you're just like, look, I mean, this is what we do. This is what we do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, kind of closing the book, uh, no pun intended on the grade chapter. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of this record. It had a couple of jams that were okay. Uh, but for the most part, I feel like this is probably Slipknot's low point. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what rating are you giving that bad boy? I'm going to give it a four out of 10, man. It's mm. pretty below average for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to go four and a half, four on this one. I was going to go five, but then I looked at the track track listing and out of 16 songs or 15 or 16 songs, less than half. I love. So it's like, eh, we're going to go below half. So yeah, I'm probably going to go four with you on that one, to yeah. be honest with you. So that's the lowest Slipknot. Like, look, we only have one record left, and that's obviously the lowest uh, grade we're going to give them. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I promise you, neither of us are giving uh, We Are Not Your Kind of four. Um, yeah, yeah. Unless no there was a, another digit in front of it. But um, <laughs> I, uh, but look, I mean, point five is the low point probably. Like I said, although they had two Grammy nominations for two songs off this record, just mm-hmm. didn't really cut this down for me. Didn't really feel like Slipknot, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yep. So I mean, look, that's our that's our Slipknot kind of talk for this week. Next week we do We Are Not Your Kind, which is the last Slipknot record. We're going to be doing more of these retrospectives with more bands that we kind of grew up with, mm-hmm. kind of like breaking that down. So yeah. Slipknot's the first. Will surely not be the last. But with that being said, Shane. It's time to get on to some more important topics, more pressing topics. Uh, what's going on in the world yep. right now? And this is about where all of our conservative friends should probably turn the show off. Uh, I, I kid, I kid. Please do not turn the show off. But uh, you have to know everything that me and Shane are about to say comes from a kind heart. And it, I love everybody. Uh, I actually watched the entire Republican National Convention, Shane. Tell me you're proud of me. I mean... You got free time for sure. <laughs> I watched the entire thing, buddy, because I give I give everybody a chance. I'm not one of these fucking liberals that are just like, fuck you, you bootlicker. You know, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. do that. It's not that's not who I am. I, I feel like everybody deserves a voice as much as people shit on Trump. I feel like uh, you got to give the guy a chance at least like I've tried. Uh, he's he is our he's, leader. So he's yeah. had a chance. I, OK, well, I mean, like. <laughs> Speaking of all that, though, uh, there was something that went down in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that uh, was a little unsettling to mm-hmm. me, at least. Yeah. Um, I I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, like, I feel like we we're having this conversation, like, every week, brother. Yeah. Like, yeah, it feels it's... like we're having this conversation every single week. Yeah. You know? And it, it's it's not fun. It's uncomfortable. And I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, some shit just needs to be talked about, man. Yeah. Some shit cannot just be, you know what I mean? Some shit cannot just be swept under the rug mm-hmm. like nothing happened. And so in Kenosha, Wisconsin, all right, a 29-year-old man, Jacob Blake, uh, the police got called. Who knows what the fuck they got called for? You hear two conflicting stories. You hear he was breaking up a fight. And you hear there was a domestic disturbance that he was involved with. Either way, the cops are there. Okay. Either way, they're there. All right. Let me just paint this picture for you. This guy goes around the vehicle, goes into his car, gets shot seven times. Now he's paralyzed from the waist down. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think I summed that up 
as well as I want to. And I want to go on. That's about as deep as I want to go into it because there's a whole, we tell that story though, because of the bigger picture that we're looking at here. Yeah. Um, Shane, when you see something like that again, right after George Floyd was in, in, in May and I've been on record to say this man. And I, and I can't believe I'm about to say this on air, but I'm going to, I have a feeling I just got a gut feeling, dude. The officers that killed George Floyd are going to walk. Mm-hmm. I feel like they are going to walk. Um, there's more evidence coming out now that, you know, he had died of a fentanyl overdose and all that. And I understand allegedly. that's like, yeah, allegedly, uh, that that's the police, you know, whatever the lawyers doing their job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you see something like this in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and you see something so close to George Floyd, how does that make you feel? I mean, right off the top. Um, it makes me think about how the, all the like, all the paintings, all the, like all the stuff. Like, I think it's great that there's that there's more social awareness. I feel like, or more vocal social awareness. Um, but, um, it just it just made like it made it clear to me that we like nothing has changed really. Like, there's not like there there's cool things. Obviously, like there's you know, like I said with the, with that awareness stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Like, there's no legislation. There's no actual like ownership, and there's no steps being actually made to make it to to change this stuff um yeah it's very disheartening to be honest with you yeah no no i i agree um and here's the thing Mm -hmm. like and i've said this multiple times um i'm a i'm a down the middle kind of guy there are some conservative values that i agree with Mm -hmm. there are they're just i i hate to be like that but Anymore, I feel like if you just care about people, you're just automatically well. You're just automatically labeled a liberal. Yeah. Well, that's the you thing. That's kind of the thing here. Like, um, that I think gets the most exhausting for me is like equality to people has become a an alleged political stance when it's not. I'm like I'm in the same like I'm in the same like actually I'm a little bit more different from you. I don't give a dump about politics. I don't like I don't care like. Um, or at least I, I, now I care a little bit more because, you know, I'm going to vote, do all that fun stuff. Um, but like, as far, like, yeah, there, there's no, like th- this whole thing isn't a political discussion because lives aren't political. You know what I mean? Um, well, and yeah, I feel like one, depending that, on, who you yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what, the, what the, like the biggest thing that's exhausting to me is that people have made a discussion, like made a discussion political when it never was. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And you're right. That's a perfect word to use for it. Exhausting. Mm-hmm. Cause no matter how you bring it up, no matter what you say, everybody's always got like their own fucking opinion. Cause they can't yeah. just any more people. And this is why I am becoming a certified nihilist, bro. <laughs> anymore man people cannot just fucking just look we have different beliefs and we can coexist mm-hmm. that's the way it is man and that's the way it's got to be but so many fucking people so many people like to ride that line and so many people like to be like well i'm so staunch in my fucking beliefs no matter what you say everybody's got a counterpoint for it everybody's mm-hmm. got a well white people were slaves too 
give me a fucking break. Okay, yep. we're talking in biblical times. There may have been. I have no fucking idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, man. But like what we're seeing right now take place in real time is is fucking reality, man. Yep. And that's and that's kind of the, the other thing too is like all like the counterpoint stuff. Like one of my, I'm not gonna, I don't mean to say favorite, but one of my like the most hysterical to me was like, well, there's not that many racists. And it's like. <laughs> So then what's the problem then? If there's not that many, getting rid of them shouldn't be that hard. Like, yeah, exactly. Or like educating them shouldn't be that hard. Absolutely. And I just wish that people would just come out and say, I don't like black people. I just wish they would just come out and say it because that's. Because then at least I know you're unintelligent. Or it's like, okay, like, see ya. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to waste my breath with you because you're not worth talking to. Exactly. Like, it's like, exactly. Hasta la vista. You're right. Um, just at least just come out and tell me, man. It's okay. Like, look, uh, I won't look at you any differently. I just, well, I will. <laughs> I was going to say, call you a fucking idiot. But like, I just, I've never understood it, man. And even my own mm-hmm. father, and I brought this up on Word Up or Bird Up, uh, which actually dropped today. I actually brought it up. Um, my dad, my father, like my dad is an old school Republican kind of guy. Don't tread on me. You know, he even thought this Jacob Blake thing was excessive. Mm-hmm. He told me in his own words that right now, what we're living in is worse than the civil rights movement in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Because he said, at least then they were just spraying people with hoses. Now they're murdering them. Yeah. And it's. I actually had an interesting conversation and I'm going to get flame for this and I don't care. I just don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Me and this woman were having a discussion about open carry and how you can open carry. And uh, she said, you have to inform a police officer when he comes up to the door. Hey, I'm open carrying. And I rebuttaled with, and depending on your skin color, you're going to get murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's the grim reality of it. Look, you can make all the arguments you want to. You can, you can say that, well, look at Chicago. It's just black-on-black black crime all the time. Or you can make any argument you want to. Police kill more white people than they kill black people. Okay. I, I get it. You've opened Google one time. Or you listen to your yep. fucking crazy you, uncle, you, you clicked You clicked on the first link on Google. Congratulations. Man, Cu- Tucker, Tucker Carlson is your dude. We get that. Yep. All right. Fox News is your media empire, mm-hmm. you know? But to me, like, it's just, it's foolish and it's going to get more people fucking killed Mm -hmm. because we just look that night in Kenosha, Wisconsin, that night, a 17 year old kid walks in and look, if he was attacked, I understand he might've been attacked. Okay. I don't know. I wasn't there. Still does not give you the fucking right to murder somebody. I just don't. I don't understand it. Yep. I don't think right now is the time. Look, man, an ass whooping would do you good. Mm-hmm. Getting your ass kicked when you shouldn't be there in the first fucking place because you're not even from there. Yep. Okay. Like me and my brother. Well, just that's use- the silly thing too is like all these people who were like, oh, like they're busting in Antifa and stuff like that. To all these things, just like, okay, so that's the issue. But, like, in this situation, this kid gets a ride from someone else, and it's fine. It's his mom. He got a ride from his mom. Gosh, man. 
Because the kid, well, not only is he not allowed to own a firearm because he's 17, yep. he's also transporting it past state line, also a felony. Yep. And, uh, you know, these cops are like patting him on the back and shit. And, I, and look, I, I've taken the unpopular view with most liberals. I don't think all cops are bad. I don't. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I refuse to believe that everybody has this ill intention. They just, it's just not fucking true. I don't like that narrative. Like, see, that's the thing, man. I consider myself a liberal, but I'm not like extreme left. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's some people that are just, they're just gone, man. And it's just like, but I can't, I'm a centralist, man. I like to stay, you know, but I don't think that all cops are bad. I don't. I just don't think that that's in their DNA, okay? I don't think people sign up to wear the blue just to be like, man, I can't wait to fucking just, I just can't wait to just snuff out all the black people. It's just, I don't know. It's fucking crazy to me. But um, I I do think that, that police might be over milita- militarized sometimes. Oh, one, I feel like one billion if, percent. If, come on. If you're in a fight with somebody in a schoolyard, the cops don't have to get settled. Yep. Settle it up, square up, go your separate fucking ways. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like it's and I get it. Some shit look, if if there's domestic violence going on, you should probably call the police. Okay? Mm-hmm. If there's something pretty drastic going on, call the police. The police aren't meant for fucking everything though. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I wish, you know, defund the police. I wish another word was used than defund because I don't think people understand it. When they hear defund, they just think, oh, man, you're trying to get rid of the police department. No, no, I don't want to get rid of the police department. Do something crazy and actually put money back into the community. What an insane concept. We're trying to de-escalate situations from Breonna Taylor and Jacob, you know, and, and all these people happen from it happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, we're trying to de-escalate this from, from all of it happening. I don't give a fuck how long the guy's record is. I don't care. He doesn't deserve to die in the fucking street but, like that. That's also, that is also what the, like, judicial system is for. Like, the cop, uh, it's and, fair trial. Like, that's an, and like, you say it until like, you're blue in the face. You yep. say it until you're blue in the face. Cops are not the judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. They don't get that fucking say. But yep. they take it in their own fucking hands. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, man, like by not by standing by these guys and being like, you know, the police force and if I was on that police, I'd be like, fuck you, dude, you're on your own, bro. Mm-hmm. And if that got me fired, fuck it, man. Like, I don't I care. I wanted a new job anyway. So see you later. Yeah, exactly. Like that whole George Floyd thing. You got four guys. Not one of these motherfuckers could be like, yo, bro, you're going a little hard on this guy. Yeah, let's chill out hello. here. Hello. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, we bring up all this conversation. We bring up this, this. Very important conversation to talk about something that happened in the NBA. Mm-hmm. This week, they boycotted games. Mm-hmm. They boycotted well, not only that, everyone in the, everyone, like, almost every major sport did. You're right. You're right. But I think that there's two conversations to have here. The first one is, hey, bravo for using your platform mm-hmm. for, for good, man. Bravo for that. Second point's got to be made, though, and I hate to play devil's advocate like this. What is the long game in this? You know, is yeah. it every time something happens, you're just going to postpone for one time? You know, if I was in the NBA, I would have been like, yo, let's send the ultimate message. We're done. Yeah. We're well, done. Well, that was the, a part of the thing from what I've read is that the, the Bucks, like in the time of them not having that game, were on the phone with representatives in, in Milwaukee. Um, like just powerhouse and, and just like having like forcing um 
that that like state government to have those conversations um yeah like so i mean so i think and i like i listened to it it was a I recently have gotten into Undisputed, the show with Stephen, or not Stephen A. Smith, oh, God. Uh, Skip Bayless and, and Shannon Sharp. And you brought up a really, really good point on this where it's like, this demands, like the long, long-term things, it's not down to the players on this. It's down to the, it's down to the people in the organizations that have connections, the owners. Um, You're right. But the thing is, Shane, you know, Knowing owners like we do, knowing, you know, multi, you know, millionaires and sometimes billionaires like we do, mm-hmm. are they going to step up and make the changes well, that here's they the, need? Well, here's the thing. I think we're in a point where, you know, in the early 2000s, players have no power here. The players have absolutely no power here. It's like, um, because, you know, like, players aren't readily available. Like, they're not attainable. Like, you, like they're not as so like, or not, not as socially out there, but like their modes of having their views expressed was very limited. And now players are bigger, not, not physically, but like are more prominent are more, you know, they're active on social medias. They have their own platforms outside of the NBA now. Um, yeah. And I think, and this, this kind of where the, where this gets, gets powerful, I think is that especially in the NBA's regard, um, the players at this point, especially with shoe deals, all that fun stuff, and a lot of those those brands, for the most part, supporting a lot of these causes, they're still making money outside of the NBA. They're still like they still have like they're making like obviously like they may lose money if they if they skip out on games or whatever, but they're still making enough money. Um, meanwhile, if the entire NBA playoffs gets canceled. How much money are, are the owners losing? A ton yeah. of money. Um, That's what I'm saying. So I think right now, I think that players are in a cool spot where they're not replaceable anymore. Because um, that was always the kind of thing where it's like, oh, like we'll get someone else in there. Oh, so you're gonna you're gonna replace Le- LeBron James. You're gonna replace yeah. LeBron James and look me dead in the eye and say the game's gonna be the same. You're you're gonna you're gonna replace you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and you're going to tell me that the game's going to be the same. Like, but the thing, I mean, Shane, I mean, that's nice in, in theory, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I feel like, Hey, you have a better, bigger voice. Now I am not a proponent of the shut up and dribble, uh, kind of that's fucking nonsense. Yeah, that crap's stupid. Man. Like <laughs> that is nonsense, like, but people who say that crap are just like, I was going to say, people who say that are just completely just... Well, the people that... Aren't smart. I don't know. Well, the people the people that say that also commended Drew Brees for his stance when he said he would never kneel for the fight. Same fucking people. Laura Ingram, I am looking at you, lady. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. You're killing me with it. You are killing me with this. You cannot have yep. a double standard like this, man. Not right mm-hmm. now. Not right now, you know? Yep. And to me, man, like... They do have a platform, but are they going to use it? I feel like it was a half step, man. I honestly feel like, well, like, I think, I, I think it was like, and, and they, they kind of like said, like they, they mentioned this on the, on the thing as well. It was a little, um, the only reason it wasn't a billion percent effective is because it, it was still, there's so many, like it was very emotionally charged, but which it should have been, uh, you know, obviously it's a heavy situation, but, um, um, this is the first time that almost all bubble, the NBA seemed not unified on something. Um, yeah. And it kind of, you know, oh, became oh. like, 
Um, where, where, where it kind of felt like, as far as the, from the social things going on, that, um, that it wasn't all done with the same thought process. Um, yeah. So I think that's what, what where it kind of might have lost a little bit of umph. Um, but I, I think their heads were in the right place, though, for sure. I mean, and I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I think their heads are in the right place, especially the Bucks. Uh, they canceled the game against the Magic. The only thing I didn't like about that is they didn't even fill in the Magic with what they were doing. Yeah, it did make the Magic look kind of, look kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, Magic rather warming up, and the Bucks aren't even. I mean, come on, man, you got to give them some kind of heads up. Hey, man, we're not going to play today. Uh, you guys can do whatever you need to, but we're going to not play. Yeah. Um, look, the the Bucks are po- poised for a championship run. Mm-hmm. So, I just hope that they didn't like they didn't th- put, allow that to creep into their thought process. Cause there's a lot bigger issues going on now than an NBA title. Mm-hmm. And True. you can have an entire league. I remember hearing stories of Muhammad Ali throwing his medals off a bridge that he got, uh, because he opposed the Vietnam war mm-hmm. and he was an activist, man. He was like, Wow, this Muhammad Ali. I mean, Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad Ali because he, you know, started to get down with the brothers in Islam. You know, mm-hmm. and um, you you had the potential for an entire league to to make that notion. Mm-hmm. We will not stand for that. We're done. We're done. Yeah. And something, man. You know, whether it's money or whatever else, tempt. And I just I don't have a good feeling about mm-hmm. that. Thing- I mean. I did read a thing as well that a part of them playing games was about we are restructuring like essentially the NBA's like social engagement as far as these things are concerned. So I'm curious, like I'm curious what rolls out within the next like week or so. I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be like the biggest dickhead in the world because I think it is important Yeah. to, to, to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, man, they didn't go far enough. I didn't feel like, you know, Oh, like you wanted them to go even more. Like you're the voice for us that don't have a voice. You are mm-hmm. because everybody sees you. The spotlight's on. You. So make that charge, man. Be like, mm-hmm. yo, we're not going to stand for this, man. Yeah. And, and it just, it fell a little flat to me, man. I get it. Like, I understand like, you know, maybe if you keep playing, you keep that awareness up, you know, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. I don't know, man. I think the bigger statement would have been like, we're done this season. We're done. Yep. Like we're not doing it anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And, but to me, man, I, I just feel like it's a half step because you have people like, and I'm a known LeBron critic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like LeBron James. I do. I think he's the second best basketball player ever to live um, behind the incomparable Michael Jordan. Um, but I, there's, there was like, he he was one of the ones him and I believe it was Anthony Day. I don't know. I don't follow the NBA mm. that much, but um, I, I believe that he was a strong proponent on canceling the season. So bravo well, for him. Both, for both him and the Lakers, or the Lakers and the Clippers were both the teams yeah. that were like, "We're done." Exactly, and he didn't like it because the younger guys were like out voicing him, and I'm like, "Dude, mm-hmm. get over yourself, man! You've been in the league 18 fucking years." <laughs> whatever you know like but i see both sides of the coin somebody like lebron's opinion should be should be respected it mm-hmm. should be because frankly he's been in the league well, a long fucking time well, and at this you point know, too he has more power than 
Adam Silver. Oh, come on. It's like, it's laughable when they when they give him a coach and they're like, oh man, like LeBron, is he gonna get along? Come on, man. Do you really think in that, that championship run, LeBron James listened to Ty Lu once? <laughs> no. Come on, it's just not true. Like it's not it's true. true. Like, it's true yeah. He was probably like, yo, Ty, uh, that play sucks. We're gonna run this one. Here's what we're gonna do. Um you're going to stand up on the sideline and pretend to be the coach. I'm going to be on the pl- on the field or court, and I'm going to call the plays. And you're just while I'm while yeah. I'm actually coaching, and him. you're not going to worry about it. Okay, no, <laughs> you're just going to do whatever you do uh, the way that you do. So um, I think in that sense, you know, like I said, I just don't think it was a step far enough. Uh, you see a lot mm-hmm. of these social media soldiers, you know, talking about like, oh, you're millionaires, blah blah blah. What do you got to cry about? You know, come on. Give me a fucking break. And it's yep. just like, what is with people, man? What is with people not wanting this shit like at the fort? It doesn't make you so fucking uncomfortable that you just have to be like, oh, man, not on my fucking watch. Like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do about it? You're going to do nothing. You're going to go back. It's like all these fucking people that are like, oh, I stopped watching the NFL. You're like, I stopped no, watching the NFL five years no, ago. Oh, the biggest sport in the, in the, in the country. Oh, I'm, oh, you stopped watching. That's so sad. Well, no, they stopped watching it, Shane. Although the NFL keeps breaking broadcasting yeah. records over and over and over and over again. Okay. Yep. You're right. So they're very affected by you sitting on your couch playing with your dong. Yeah. They're really affected by you watching fucking something else instead. You know, they're really affected by you watching the blue collar comedy tour instead of the NFL. Come on. Give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break. Speaking of the NFL, Shano, because we're going to yep. get off of this topic because God damn it. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired mm-hmm. of talking about it because I'm blue in the fucking face because nobody will listen to me, but whatever. Um, but speaking of that, buddy, the NFL's in two Goddamn weeks, my man. Two weeks. And we're very, we're we'll a very see. NFL. Look, uh, right now, anyway, it's in two weeks. Okay, so we're just going to go along as if the NFL is starting when it's supposed to. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it opens up with the Texans and the Chiefs. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it'll be on uh, September 10th. I believe is the opening. Uh, the opening kickoff between the Texans and the Chiefs, and we're off. This 2020 NFL season is going to be one for the record books, my man, in, in more ways than one. You yeah. know, Pittsburgh announced that two their first two games will be without fans at Heinz Field. Not surprising. Yeah, I that'll be a sweeping we, notion across the league. Let's say, let's also. I think I really think that there should just be let's let's cut the crap. Let's just go no fans all season. Let's not even let's like let's not worry about it. <laughs> yeah, like now there's been reports that the Dolphins are going to let. Well, of course, they're from Florida. Of course, they're going to try and do something stupid. Of course. Well, look, uh, don't dog on people letting. Uh, don't dog on companies letting people in the building. All Elite Wrestling is now having ten percent of their building filled up. So unbelievable. That is not unbelievable. It is. It brings life. It brings life to the show, my friend. <laughs> But I mean, speaking, I mean, right off the bat, buddy, Texans, Chiefs, Chiefs, I mean, there's no down <laughs> Thursday night game. I'm sorry. You're just going to pick the Chiefs right now. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, yes. Like, well, well, depends on what Deshaun Watson we're going to get. I called Deshaun Watson the first half. Friend. He has no one to throw it to anyway. They got rid of they got rid of their number one receiver. And uh, and before uh, you say Randall Cobb, don't even. Um, look, I'm going to. Here we go. Texans wide receivers. Let's look them up. Let's look them up. Let's look them up, my man. Right now, they got Brandon Cooks. It's a hell of a receiver right there, if you ask me. Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb. They're actually pretty good wide receivers, man, if you ask me. None, of which, Cooks, none of which are DeAndre Hopkins. Come on. I, I mean, look, there's few receivers in the league that are DeAndre Hopkins, okay? Mm-hmm. You might have that debate with Julio Jones. We've done it on the show already. It's Julio. Uh, it's Julio. I don't know, man. Remember, we retracted a little bit because Deshaun, or DeAndre Hopkins was putting up insane numbers with Brock Osweiler and fucking, you know, a couple of other quarterbacks that will not be named, you mm-hmm. know. Short of Nathan Peterman, he was out there, you know, catching the ball from some straight-up scrub. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but, oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I mean, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, I think that Brandon Cook's a serviceable look. A couple of years ago, um, the Rams just paid him like, like what they pay him like a hundred million dollars or something, something crazy. Yeah, I remember that contract. You know, it's just like it's it's, I mean, it's right there. I mean, and to and to fill out week one, I mean, come on, uh, you do got Texans Chiefs on that Thursday night. You got Jets Bills, Packers Vikings, Eagles, and the Washington Football Team. Those are all division games right off the top. Mm-hmm. Browns Ravens, Colts Jaguars, Raiders Panthers, the first non division game that we've gotten to. Bears, Lions, the Seahawks, and the Falcons. Oh, 0-1 starting on the Falcons' end already. Uh, Dolphins, Patriots, Chargers, Bengals, Cardinals, 49ers, Buccaneers, Saints, Cowboys, Rams, Steelers, and Giants are the first Monday night game. And the second one, Jesus Christ, the Titans and the Broncos. Boy, you want to talk about ratings going in the literal toilet. I... Wait, they until need to figure you... something out for Monday night, dude. Wow. Not only not only is it like a there has their booths been bad, but the games haven't been good either. Weren't the Browns like five of the Monday night games last year? Yeah, the six and ten Cleveland Browns. But uh look, the Giants and the Steelers isn't really anything that's like making me yeah, fucking clamor to see either. that matchup. No. I mean, what Roethlisberger Man. are you gonna get? Are you gonna get 2004 Roethlisberger, you're going to get 2014 Roethlisberger, you know? Wait. I mean, what, that's the way you got to look at it. What, Dan, was your, was your this or that, you know? was your this or that rookie season Ben Roethlisberger or year 10 Ben Roethlisberger? If we're hoping for year yeah. rookie season Ben Roethlisberger, he, oh, you're going to get me going. Were they won 15 and 1? Were you won fifteen and one? Yeah, he did that, go fifteen that, and one. He did not go fifteen and one. Shame. He went fifteen and one. Man. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna fight you the next time I see you. Um, he went fifteen and one. No, the, Are you fucking? The Steelers went fifteen and one. Ben Roethlisberger did not go fifteen and one. Come on. Well, look, Shane. If nobody's playing fucking quarterback, what do you think they go fifteen and one just by accident? With this defense, pro- probably. I've seen a lot of good teams. I've seen a lot of good teams have shitty quarterback play and go down the tubes, a.k.a. the 2019 Cleveland Browns. Have a stacked <laughs> roster, quarterback play in the toilet, they went 6-10. and 10. 
The Steelers. They, I mean, they did have a meme. Remember? They did have a meme at a, a head coach, though. I mean, look, Freddie Kitchens aside, Freddie yeah. Kitchens aside, man, I think I could call plays for that offensive squad true. and score points. Four verticals, four verticals every time. Yeah. Exactly. Like, all right, man, here we go. We're going to go deep to Odell. Oh, he's double covered. Don't worry. We got Jarvis Landry on the other side. Yep. No worries. You know, no worries. They can't double cover everybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, oh, no, they got to do a check down to Austin Hooper, who might be the most athletic tight end outside of Travis Kelsey True. and Rob Gronkowski. You know, um, speaking of Gronkowski and Brady and that new look Buccaneers offense, they're playing. They are, they are, they open up uh, with. They open up with a uh, division game as well. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they play the Saints in New Orleans. That's another game to keep your eye on. Buddy. Mm. I mean, you know? we're going to find out how good this uh, this Tampa Brady thing is going to be. Week one going into is that in them is that uh, who's home on that game in in New Orleans? Yeah, we're going to find out how good that team is. Yep, right off the bat, buddy. Yep. I mean, with no fans, it's going to be a little bit of a it's going to be a little bit of a different atmosphere because typically when you go to the Superdome, it's you can't fucking hear anything and yeah. things like that. But it's going to be a little bit of a different atmosphere. But I don't think that, that offense is going anywhere. Uh, you got Drew Brees flanked uh, by Michael Thomas, who might be in the top three receiver. I just refuse to give a Saints receiver the nod over my boy Julio. I just yep. maybe I'm just biased, but I just I can't do it, man. I cannot. <laughs> Another match to look out for the Seahawks and the Falcons because what Falcons you're going to get? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Are you going to get the team that went to the Super Bowl that had at Matt Ryan MVP caliber, or are you going to get last year that started the season one and seven? Mm-hmm. You are, know, like which one you get so there? As as a, as a Falcons fan, how big of an impact are you expecting from Gurley actually? So obviously look, on paper I, it's I, like, oh, this is going to be so sick. But like, what do you? I don't know. Expect, expect actually, I I had this discussion with somebody else. I need Todd Gurley pre big contract. Mm. I need Todd Gurley like 2016 Todd Gurley, the guy that was rushing all over the fucking field. And you couldn't stop him. Yeah, but I have a feeling you're going to get old, broken down Tom Gurley. Tom Gurley. Well, I'm, Todd Gurley. I'm curious though, like how much of this is like. Because that, that relationship went super, super south with the Chargers, right? With the Rams. Oh, Rams, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, it went super south, right? Yeah, quickly. So I'm curious how much of that is like, is he going to come out of the gate swinging because he's actually seemingly happy because he's out of the team that he hated? or like- I think it's more about his bad wheel, man. His mm. knees are not what they used to be, man. True. Look, he had that, he had that ACL tear in Georgia at Georgia. And then that was the biggest question mark coming into the draft and the Rams stretched and took him at 10. You know, a lot of people thought that was a reach, Yep. you know, and now what Todd Gurley are you going to get? You're going to get that chip on your shoulder type of Todd Gurley, or you're going to get about week seven, week eight. And the guy just can't carry the ball anymore. Yeah, man. But he's got one shot though. Cause he's got a one year contract and I just have a feeling, man, if it don't pan out, you're done. You're done Gurley. Like, yeah. He, he's he's going to kind of step into that like role player mode. If he doesn't ball out this year. Exactly. So one of the matchups I think to to look out for week one, and we're going to, you know, get into it a little bit next week. Got to be the Browns Ravens, man, because you're getting two squads here. What are you going to get? Is yep. this going to be a 51 49 type of game where it's just fireworks everywhere? Or is this going to be the disappointment again 
where the Ravens just go in there and steamroll them. It is in Baltimore. Um, so I, I don't know what Lamar Jackson you're going to get. Me and Shane have both been vocal about how overrated we feel like Lamar Jackson has been, especially this offseason, mm-hmm. especially this offseason. We feel, just feel like he's been, you know, very overrated. So what Lamar Jackson are you going to get? You know, what Baker Mayfield are you going to get? So many questions will be answered September 13th, well, I feel like. I think the interesting thing about this, which is like even – it's even more – like it's always a thing about quarterback rooms and stuff like that, but – I really think that this year there's going to be a huge focus on QB twos um, as far as how good teams end up being. Cause like think, and this isn't even like a COVID related thing, but with there not being, you know, with it being a super, super condensed training camp and an off season, um, all it takes is, and, and we learned it from the Alex Smith thing. All it takes is one missed assignment and, and your the face of your franchise can go down. Um, so yeah, this is like, this is kind of what, this is like a good example of with these two teams where it's like, you know, say this happens week one with either of these quarterbacks, we're going to have case Keenum under, under center or RG three, I believe. Yeah. RG three like, is the back. Ball those are the number two options. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I'm excited. Obviously I'm not hoping anyone gets hurt. Obviously that would be horrible, but I'm curious to see what depth looks like this season. Um, yeah, because I think it's going to be this is going to be the most important year for depth in NFL history. I think. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a great that's a great analysis right there. I do believe depth is going to play a huge factor because I mean you can't discount COVID, you know. Yeah. Because I actually heard the argument somewhere like who's the closest to the starting quarterback as the backup. So if the starter gets COVID, you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta isolate the, the backup too. And now you're down to your third string fucking quarterback. All I got to say is a lot of us fantasy players be prepared to be playing the Mike Glennons of the world. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, you know, be prepared to be playing the Chase Daniels of the world. The you know? thing, the thing uh, I'm curious about this division too. Um, I, and this might be insane, but I think, I think this has become one of the softest divisions in football. Which one's that? Um, the Steelers, Browns, like Bengals and and Ravens. Bengals and Ravens. Yeah, Yo, you think the AFC North is going to be the weakest division in the football? Not the, but one of the weakest divisions in football. Ooh, that is a that is a that's a mighty bold take, my friend. Because it's well, I should say it has more of a the the line is thinner on this one. I don't think that it's solidified as being one of the best. And I think that it's very, like, it's very, very close to becoming one of the weakest. Well, it all depends on what kind of quarterback you're playing you're going to get. Yep. Uh, I think that three Heismans in that division might disagree with you, my man, because a lot of Joe Burrow is going a lot under the radar right now. What's this kid going to look like? You know what I mean? Like, what is Joe Burrow, the number one pick overall of the Cincinnati Bengals, what is he going to look like? Because right now, week one, they're playing the Chargers in Cincinnati. Okay, the, the Bengals are still going to Bengal, dude. I I believe so. Like, look, <laughs> I think the Bengals are more cursed than the Lions and a lot of other franchises, man. Because even when the Bengals, you know, did make it to the playoffs, they had Carson Palmer. You had Keith Van Ohoff and just <laughs> tear his knee into Wait, two Keith? because oh, Keith Van Ohoff. Chemo, dude. Are you? It's Keith. It is Chemo Von Ohoff, dude. 
Jesus Christ. It's been so long since that happened. It is chemo. My <laughs> bad, dog. This is the same team as Chris Fuamatu Maafala, dude. Come on now. Number 45, the fullback. <laughs> and next week we plan on doing a full NFL preview mm-hmm. because next week it'll be. We got one I mean, week. It'll be here. You know, that, that'll be that'll be it. But, uh, but, yeah, we're very excited for the NFL season, obviously. Yep. Uh, get your fantasy leagues in now. Uh, we'll, we might have one for the Heel Turn Collective. We haven't really made up our mind yet. Uh, Shane leans no because he sucks every year. But uh, It sucks every year, and this year it has even more potential for me to just be heinous. So I might, we, we might take an extended offseason this year and just come back next year hot and just, you know. You know. You might be playing a lot of second and third string skill play. All over the place. So, uh, we're very excited for the NFL, and uh, you know that's you know so. But with that, with, with that, with all that being said, you know we got into a lot of serious shit today, and uh, you know we talked about a lot of shit we normally don't talk about. And to kind of cap it all off, you know we we do it every week. We do the heel of the week. This week, though, we we kind of turn it on its head a little bit. We lost two people over this past week, and so we got two faces of the week this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, big props, big old props. Uh, me and Jordan kind of talked about on Word Up or Bird Up, Riley Gale, the singer of the band Power Trip. If you haven't heard Power Trip yet, think of like early, early Metallica with like some just some heavy vocals on it. Uh, it's the craziest shit I've ever heard. I'm a big fan, though. Um, admittedly, I've listened to him a lot more this week when I found out that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, admittedly, I just, I think that that sucks. The guy was only 34 years old. I'll be 32 this year. It just makes you kind of, it makes the wheels turn a little yeah, bit. A little sobering. I, yeah, it's exactly. And you don't know how he died. And, and, and for all intents and purposes, none of our goddamn business. Yep. You know, it really, like whenever deaths are released, you know, I, I never understand that. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Riley's a young man, you know, and it, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem fair, man. Like, uh, apparently like I was reading something from Randy Blythe, the singer of Lamb of God, and he was talking about, uh, how, you know, COVID kind of hit Riley pretty hard. So I can only assume, uh, when somebody dies at 34, there's only so many factors that can go into that. Mm-hmm. You die at 34. I, to me, like our friend, our f- close personal friend, Shane Tyler Beachy died at 19 of a heart like failure and it just blew my mind that that could happen to somebody so for all i know it could be a health related related reason but honestly like when you die this young man it's uh there's something of involved with it don't you think um yeah i mean whether it be like some sort of like health thing or something but yeah like i don't know i it's a crazy thing i was never super super into power trip not that i didn't like them i just never listened to them really um but listening to them, like, I like similar thing where I was like, man, like, you know, I've, I've seen like the positive impact. So I like, I listened to it for the first time this week. Um, and to me, there's no reason. I think that if Power Trip would have been around in the, the time of the Megadeth, the Metallica, I think they would be the biggest of the three. Yeah, they were cool. But the thing about it is, Shane, is, is me and Jordan actually brought this up a little bit. Uh, the thing about it, man, is you didn't hear one fucking bad thing about this guy. Not one. Not one. I you think know, everybody was like, wow, this guy was fucking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it just goes to show you, man, that not everybody's fucking evil in this world. Like, I think that everybody's evil just because yep. I'm an asshole. But, like, it just goes to show you, man, that not everybody's got an agenda. 
not everybody's got to be mm-hmm. a dickhead. Not everybody's a rock star. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to see guys have that positive impact. Cause I've always said in my head, when I, when it's my time to go, man, uh, the one thing you have to leave behind is your legacy. That's it. Mm-hmm. So people think you were a dickhead the entire time. That's what's sticking with you, bro. Yeah. You know, so, um, big shout out to Riley Gale and all the guys in power trip. Um, I don't think the band should go on if we're being honest. I think it kind of dies with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I've seen I've seen worse in my life, right? Yeah. But uh, Shane, I'll let you go ahead and talk about our other face of the week this week. Other face of the week um, is uh, Chadwick Boseman. He played, uh, oh, yeah. he was in Black Panther. I think he was in the Jackie Robinson movie, like 42, I think it was called. Um, yeah. Yeah, just kind of a wild thing. Um, him, I think, I believe he died of some form of cancer. Colon cancer. Colon cancer. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because like he's been putting out movies like crazy the last couple of years and the whole time. Integrity move. Integrity move, dude. Yeah. This guy dies at 43 of colon cancer. Doesn't tell a soul. Yep. And just wants to die. Man, hey, big, big shout out to Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. man. I, full disclosure, I've never seen any of his movies. I, I've never seen Black Panther. I've never seen Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. But the bits and pieces I have seen, I've been impressed with what this guy can so, do. I'm not much of a superhero movie. Like, I'm, that's not really my thing. I'm honestly not much of a movie guy. I'm more of a documentary guy. But um, I watched Black Panther, and it was like it blew my – like, it was unbelievable. His, like, his acting was insane. And, I mean, that movie is a super, super, like – empowering movie obviously um it was super super dope um i think like he's one of those people where it's like the characters that he played and the person that he was because you 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 watch interviews with him like you listen to him talk he is a very intentionally like caring person um so yeah i think it's just like more people should i don't know he's he's someone that you should actually should have actually looked up to i think um yeah yeah. well you gotta you gotta look at it like this um, he's from, he's from South Carolina and he played, um, the black Panther, which is an African thing. Mm-hmm. And he played it with an accent that you would think that he lived his entire life in Africa. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, big props to this guy. Like I said, full disclosure, I've never seen any of his movies. I've never seen black Panther. I've never seen 42. I've seen bits and pieces of him. He also played thorough good Marshall in a movie, which is really sick. Cause I thought that guy was really cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I've never seen I've never seen any of his movies, but from what I have seen, I did see him in uh, the last Avengers movie. I, what was it, Endgame or whatever? I did mm-hmm. see him in that. I did like what he did there. Um, but big shout out to this fucking guy for not telling anybody, just wanting to die in peace, man. That's the way to go, bro. Yeah, that is the way to go, man. Just fucking look, man. I don't want to be bothered with any of this shit because he knows his type of his type of notoriety and stuff, people would be, you know, knocking down his door and, and, and stuff. And yeah. sometimes and you just want to be left alone. Yeah. Well, even yeah. the whole, the whole time, like he, he kept like, um, amidst doing all of this stuff, he kept, you know, helping people and kept empowering people. Um, yeah. Which, which, which I think is a really, really cool thing. It's a very, very hum Like it's a very humble thing. I think that's like super powerful. Yeah. And, the, the the biggest thing that I took away from it was uh, I heard reports that people were giving him shit for losing weight in between movies, mm-hmm. not knowing that he's going through chemotherapy. Yeah, so that's if if that's not an indicator of yo lighten up, man, mm-hmm. lighten up on what people got going on. Yep. Um, 
you know, but, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's a sad fucking week, man. Uh, in a sad fucking year, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like, this is a sad fucking year, man. You got Kobe Bryant passing away at the beginning of the year. You know, Riley Gale might not have been known on a, on an international level like Chadwick and, and Kobe Bryant were, but still, I don't think it could be anyone. He shouldn't be glossed over in the metal community. For sure. Least. Um, and, and you just got a lot of, a lot of death, man. And a lot of, a lot of destruction this year. And, and it'll be interesting to see, um, how we rebound from a lot of this, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, uh, but yeah, so big shout out to Riley Gale and his family and the power trip dudes, big shout out to Chadwick Bozeman and his family, uh, and, and man, bless their souls. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's empowering to see people live a life where people can say nothing but good things about you. So big shout out to both of them for everything that they've done. And with that, Shano, mm-hmm. pretty depressing episode, buddy. You know, we, we don't, we don't like to be real. We don't like to be real down sometimes, man, but sometimes you just gotta be sometimes reality. uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go depressing on it. It's, um, people just need to start listening more flat out. That's just all it needs to Including including me, you Mm -hmm. know, including me, I need to listen more. I need to be more respectful. You know, I, that's the thing, man. So many people don't think the buck starts with and stops with them, but it it definitely does. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, if you haven't turned us off by now, uh, if you're a rare, <laughs> a rare conservative that likes a very liberal centric conversation, please go to hold fast coffee, <laughs> dot Use that promo code. He'll turn 20, get 20% off of, uh, your basket. Um, those are real good guys. We had Vinny on last week. He's the manager there. Uh, please go check that episode out. Vinny's a great guy. Uh, just a manager of a great small business and, and damn it if you want to help anybody especially nowadays uh small business is the way to go so make sure you check out vinnie snyder and everything that they got going on at hold fast coffee i mean look they they we, our working relationship has been great they've been treating us you know really well so make sure that when you're buying some coffee and you're, you're reaching for some coffee make sure to look at hold fast and don't forget to use that promo code Heel Turn Twenty. Uh, make sure you check out the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us a like. Let us know what you think of the shows we got going on. Anywhere you're listening to the Heel Turn Collective podcast, make sure you're rating us. Let us know on Twitter. I'm at Collective Heel. Shane is at at Rain Shiley. Let us know what you think of the show, man. That's that's the our bread and butter. We'd like to hear from everybody that might be listening to the show, just because we. We encourage people to interact with us as people. Mm-hmm. I know this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but sometimes, man, sometimes uh, we just like to be in and out. You know, uh, trust me, we got a lot of cool shows coming up mm-hmm. and we got a lot of longer episodes and a lot of conversations that need to be had down the road. So just buckle up for those. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shane, do you have anything else to say, buddy, before we get out of here? Um, vote, first of all. Um, yeah. Second of all, um, if you think, if you look at equality as a political discussion and not a moral discussion, um, reevaluate your priorities. Period. I mean, words never well sp- more well spoken, my friend. Um, but yeah, so we don't plan on doing too many more episodes. Where we're talking, you know, per- p- completely political. But then again. You just hope that people aren't getting murdered senselessly in the street anymore. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> doing that and, uh, yeah, <laughs> we won't have to talk about this. You know, we won't have to talk about sports leagues 
making a, a movement for for equality. So, mm-hmm. uh, with that being said, I am Lance. He is Shane. Until next week, Heelanites. We'll see you then. See you.